from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider. We are in business radio and we are powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, channel 132. Hey, if it's Thursday, noon Eastern, we are live at 844 Wharton, 844-942-7866. Dream Team in studio, Michelle and Dion. And we are taking your calls all hour. It is open call Thursday. So noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, we want to hear from you. And hey, if you haven't heard, I'm on Instagram, same as my Twitter handle at Dr. Don Graham. So help me fill up the page. I'm learning all this stuff. It's all new to me. So today for open calls, we welcome back Terry Ween, co-founder and partner at Weil & Ween, a national career advisory and executive coaching firm. And also JobTrex, a digital tool for managing successful job search on a single cloud-based platform. She also has her MBA right here from the Wharton School, and we are so excited to have you back on the show, Terry. Hi, Dawn. Thanks for having me back. It's great to be here. Yes, and, and right in time for Open Call Thursday. So we're taking calls on anything you want to talk about on your career or job search all hour long, 844 844- 942-7866. We've also moved, in case you haven't heard, we are now Sirius XM 132. 132 on the dial, so make sure you add us to your favorites. You're listening to Career Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we're going to talk today about a lot of the different transitions in your career, and I wanted to start Terry, with something I read. I, I was flipping through articles this morning and I came across something that companies are doing to retain employees called the stay interview. So they're now doing a stay interview, which is similar to an exit interview, except it's done so that employees will actually be retained. So it, it kind of mirrors the same process as an exit interview, but it asks, you know, what what is the employee looking forward to when they come to work every day? And the fact is, we know that retaining employees is actually a lot cheaper than bringing in new ones and recruiting them and going through the hiring process and training them. So, so what do you think about the stay interview? Is that something that you've you've heard of, Terry? Well, Dot, I have to laugh that they're putting names on things that are really saying the same thing. This is your communication with the person you work for. Mm-hmm. How do you add value? What do you want to add to the following year? What are your goals? Um, what did you accomplish this year? So you can call it a stay interview. You can call it an annual review. But either way, it's an important time where you set, sit down with the person you work for and you let that person know what you want and where, how he or she can help you get there. So it is interesting to me because when you kind of break it down, it is the whole purpose of your annual review or your mid-year review. But what I'm getting the sense is, and I I know people have experienced this, is that these annual reviews or mid-year reviews are now, you know, some places have gotten a quarterly reviews are not happening. So it feels like they have to rebrand it and say, okay, here's the purpose of why we ask you to meet with your employees because we actually want to retain them. So um, why are these not happening? Why Why are managers and employees not meeting, Terry? Part of it is because of technology. So much of our workday has 
uh, has come to not being with someone in person. People work virtually. Uh, people speak by phone or by Skype instead of going into the office and meeting together. So I think that's been part of the, the change. But honestly, even if when I work with clients who work at companies that don't have reviews, whether it's annual, quarterly, monthly, whatever it is, there's no reason why you can't go in and ask for one. And you don't even have to call it a formal sit down. You can say, I need 20 minutes of your time, but you walk in in your mind, you've planned it as a review. And people, people you work for tend to welcome that. Yeah, it's, so I, I think we can deformalize it a little bit. We can deformalize. And I, I, I do think that um, people are busy. And I, I hear this a lot that, you know, my manager doesn't meet with me or it's very, very formulaic. And, you know, we, we or our annual review is just kind of ticking a lot of boxes and they just, you know, throw it on my desk, ask me to sign it and kind of move on. But I do think that that's somewhere where, where we as employees can be more empowered to set bi-weekly meetings or bi-monthly meetings or however much it makes sense for you because it gets important for managers to know not only what you're accomplishing but what you want to do and more often than not terry i hear that employees leave an organization because they wanted you to do something different and when asked hey did you talk to your manager about that the answer is no why are people not asking for what they want terry I think because it's not necessarily seems like part of the job description that you're supposed to look upward and, and around in your area. And I think that it's very important, whether it's, again, in a formal setting or even if you say to your boss, hey, let's go grab a cup of coffee or let's take a walk around the block to say, I have a lot of goals this year and I wanted to talk to you about how we can work together to get there. And part of that could be asking for a raise, a promotion, more responsibility, a project you want to work on. Um, But I think it's part of the employee's job to take the initiative and go for it instead of wait for some formal process to be put in place. Yeah. And we always say, if you don't ask, you don't get. Hey, if you're listening, you're tuned in to Career Talk Series XM 132. And hey, have you ever had a stay interview? Does your company do stay interviews? Um, is this a new concept to you? We want to hear from you. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA for Executives program here in Philly. And I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter. We have Terry Ween on the phone, who is the co-founder of JobTrex, which is a digital tool for managing successful job search. And we're talking all about careers, promotions, getting a job, anything you want to talk about, because today is Open Call Thursday if it's noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, and you've always wanted to get through, go ahead and give us a call. So back to the the state interview, which in essence probably is more like an annual review. Um, one of the things I think, uh, you know, employees are worried about, Terry, is if they bring something up, it might come across as a threat that they they might seem to, they're, they're afraid their boss might take it as, hey, if I don't get this promotion or I don't get this raise or I don't get whatever it is I'm asking for that I'm, I'm telling you I'm going to leave. Do you think that's something that people are concerned about? That's always a risk, but I think it's very easy to mitigate that risk by your tone and your language. So you're not going to go in and say, I want this or otherwise I'm leaving. Obviously, you would never say that, but you might say, um, I've been approached by someone from the outside. I love this company. I have so many ideas for how we can take our group to the next level. And so I wanted to talk to you about, you know, instead of talking to someone from the outside, how I can meet my goals here at the company. 
And what's a realistic time frame, do you think, um, you know, for those changes to take place? Because obviously they're not going to happen tomorrow. So, I mean, what do you think is realistic? That really depends company to company. I mean, if you go in and you do have an offer and you're leaving, very often they can make things happen overnight. That's not an ideal situation for anyone. I think realistically it's to plant the seed, talk about the idea, be very specific about ideas you want, but open-minded to things you can be doing differently. And over the next month or two after that, you can expect to hear some changes. That's how I find it it usually best works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think timing is key for just about everything. So obviously, if your team just lost two employees or you're going through your busy season or you just got a new client project, you know, it it might still be okay to plant the seed, but to look at it as more of a long term because you want it to be a win-win for you and the organization. I also feel like sometimes, Terry, that managers um, get very, Um, I don't know if anxious is the right word, but a lot of managers stand behind the company policy. Well, we can't promote you until this happens, or we we can't give you a raise because we have to be fair to everybody. And what can an employee do if they're kind of getting, you know, their managers towing the company line and sort of standing behind policy and not willing to work with them? I think there's two things that you can do. First of all is to make your manager your advocate. Make make the manager feel like he or she is on your team. So instead of say instead of me against you, it's I understand this company has certain policies in place, but you and I both know our team has been extremely successful. We've added a lot to the bottom line this year, and so I'd love you to go back to them and figure out how we can make this work to to help me get this promotion. So coming in with coming in with concrete data, looking at it as a win-win, not assuming that they're going to be defensive. And, and I also think giving a manager a little bit of time to digest it because some, some managers do get anxious and they just throw something out. They're like, oh, that's not fair. Or they, but giving them a little bit of time to kind of sit with it, showing them your accomplishments and then, you know, saying, you know, let's revisit this at our next meeting in two weeks and, and we can both come with ideas. And, and yeah, so I love that idea of a partnership because there are a lot of managers out there who just, um, you know, hadn't thought of it. And now you're putting them um, in a position where they have to think about it and they, they just need a little bit of time to digest, which is fine. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk, Sirius XM channel 132 now on your dial. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Terry Ween, who is the co-founder and co-CEO of Job Treks. And we are taking your calls all hour long. Hey, if you've been in a day interview or, um, or your company has stay interviews, we'd love to hear from you. We're talking about an article that came out today, but also we're going to jump right into our phones because it is open call Thursday. Chris in California, welcome to the show. It's on your mind today. Oh, it's so good to talk to you. I've been uh, kind of waiting for Thursday to talk to you. Oh, I'm so excited. I know. I got your book. I'm absolutely loving it. I've given it to a couple other friends. Um, Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, I'm loving it. Um, I'm trying to figure out. I've had my own real estate business for like 15 years. I have a partner I've had for about 10 years. And I'm trying to figure out if I'm running from something or running to something. To maybe make a career switch. And if it's even anything I should consider or if I just need to change the way we're doing a few things um, and just change my business you know, change how we're doing our 
Ooh, I love this language. So let me, um, for those who have not read the book, Switchers, <laughs> How we Smart Professionals Change Careers and See Success, this idea of running to versus running from. Um, so one of the things you talk about is you're going to be much more successful if you run towards something you're interested and in, excited and energized about than if you know you hate where you are and you just want to get out of it. So the, the key is once you know you're burned out or you're done with a certain career, it's very important to take the next step and figure out where you want to go next so that you have the passion, the drive, and the hunger that employers want to see for that new career. So, so Chris, tell, tell us why you feel like you may be running from. Um, well, first of all, our business is way, way down this year, and I can't exactly figure out why. Um, here in California, we're in the San Diego area, it's really expensive, and 90% of people really can't buy a house that you meet in your daily life. Um, it's the real estate industry in general is definitely changing, which is fine. I'm pretty nimble. I can change with it, but I'm just feeling like I'm not loving it anymore. And I guess my fear is that most people look at real estate agents, like, you know, every board housewife goes and gets their real estate license and sells a few houses. For me, I've really run it like a business. And I, if I, you know, using your book, I listed all the things I do besides sell real estate. You know, I'm HR, because we've got a team. I'm finance, because I do all the accounting and all the um, forecasting, all the reporting. Um, obviously, sales, that's pretty obvious. Marketing. I mean, there's a lot of things that I do. You know, project management, because getting a house ready to go on the market is a project, and there's a lot of stuff to do. So, But I don't know if those skills are transferable or if people would look at me like, You've been selling real estate for 15 years. Okay, yeah. So first off, forget if those skills are transferable because we're talking about what you're interested in, so not what you can do. And I'm loving that you brought this up, Chris, because this is a very common obstacle that people put up for themselves. They're like, what are these skills? What can they get me? Or where can I go with these skills? But that impedes you figuring out what you're interested in because, you know, that comes second. So out of all of those, is there like 5%, 10% of your, your day-to-day right now where you just kind of get lost in it and energized and excited to do that part of your job, whether it's the HR or the forecasting or the marketing? Is there any part of it that you're like, yes, this is my thing? The thing I like the most is being out and about in front of people, whatever that looks like, whether it's with a photographer, a stager, a client, um, a vendor. It, I don't mind the other stuff, but I just, I guess part of the problem is I'm just in my office so much dealing with the business part of it. I'm not out doing what I do best, which is, you know, face-to-face um, contact and conversion. Yep. So- and that's why I'm thinking an outside sales position in a, in a company, you know, I'm 51, I'm divorced, I, you know, my health insurance alone is $650 a month. You know what I mean? I'm thinking like having a little bit of an umbrella over me and a little bit of protection might not be a bad idea. Um, but I love you know, being an entrepreneur too. And I have been one for so long. Yeah. And you're talking about the part of entrepreneurship that most entrepreneurs um, either don't realize or they get into and they're like, I need, I don't like doing this part of it, which is the, 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 the backend business side of it. You like being in front of the clients. What about the part about kind of being in charge? Do you like that part too? Um, yeah, I do. I do. I'm, um, 
I've been, you know, managing people for a while. And my previous role when I was in corporate America was more of a managerial kind of role. Um, I like coaching people, seeing them, you know, succeed and grow and go off on their own and maybe start their own team. Um, I like that part of it a lot. Got it. Um, Terry, I would love for you to jump in and um, offer your thoughts as, as somebody who's coached hundreds sure. of people. So, first of all, Chris, congratulations on taking the initiative to think about it this way. I mean, I, a lot of people are not happy, and, but they don't decide, what am I going to do next? And I echo your thoughts about Dawn's book. Dawn, it, it was terrific. I use it now all the time as to refer to clients. So if you are in a career switcher, this is a great place to start is reading the book Switcher. Thank you, Terry. But Chris, back to you. Um, what I'm hearing from you is the first thing you said you liked, and I like the way Dawn phrased it, is I like being with people. I like sales. I like business development. And it's interesting you said one of the problems of, of your field is San Diego real estate is too expensive. So I'm guessing there's a bottleneck going on in that business. So instead, I would look at it, well, why is San Diego too expensive? What kind of businesses are succeeding there that I could potentially take my sales and, and business development skills to? Maybe it's, um, it's technology companies. Maybe it's food and beverage companies. I don't know, but think about what is doing well here and go look at job opportunities in sales, in running a sales team, in business development in those fields. And instead of branding yourself a real estate professional, you're an experienced sales and business development professional who happens to work in real estate. I love that. What I needed. That's what I needed. And you know, I, I didn't think of it in terms of business development. That's exactly what it is. It's business, it is, and every business needs that. Yeah, I, no doubt you will find lots of opportunities. I'm wondering, too, I'm just thinking out loud, Chris, can you, you said you had a partner in the business. I mean, is this something that you could keep one foot in the real estate business and then do, you know, go into business development? Is that an option? That way, if you decide you want to come back to it, it's there? Yeah, it is an option. That's part of the of my struggle right now, though, is he's about 15 years older than I am, and he was really supposed to start exiting out of the business, and I would transition into, you know, having the whole thing, and then he'd be paid on kind of a residual basis, um, and that's just not happening. Got it. And, um, yeah, that's part of the problem. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I love about what Terry is saying um, is is you're, you're really stepping away from title and industry. And that's something that, that the book talks about a lot is that you're, you're talking about the value you add, the value add. And that value you add, as Terry pointed out, can be added in a lot of different places, a lot of different businesses. And when, when you start redefining yourself by the value you add instead of a title like real estate or, or instead of a company or profession, and all of a sudden you start to see your options like blossom. It's like, wow, I can do this and I can do that and I can do this. Um, so I, I definitely think just from the start of the call till now, I mean, one of the, the barriers that seemed to get in your way, Chris, was that can I do something else? If that was what your concern is, you could wipe that one right off the table because absolutely you have so many opportunities to do different things. So you just get to pick now which one really pulls at your professional energy. So I'm very excited for you. Thank you so much for, for purchasing the book and, of course, for sharing it with others. And, of course, we love Amazon reviews. So if you have an opportunity, we'd love to see that too. But, Chris, good luck. Let us know how it turns out. We would love to hear. 
You're listening to SiriusXM Channel 132. This is Career Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Terry Ween, who is the co-founder of Job Treks, and it is Open Call Thursday, one of our favorite, favorite things to do. And we're going to go to Aaron in California. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Good morning. How are you guys doing today? Great, Aaron. How are you? Hi, Aaron. I'm doing excellent. Thank, thank you so much for taking my call. I appreciate it. It's yes. uh I, it's a question that I've been wondering, and you guys are perfect to answer this. So I'm currently in an MBA program, and I recently finished up my finance class about oh, six weeks ago or so and found that, surprisingly, I had an affinity for finance. So I had spent a lot of time with my professor in office time, and we got to know each other pretty well. He previously had worked in finance in the health uh, care industry, and it's pretty big here in Sacramento. And he was telling me towards the end, he thought I'd be very good at it. He knew, had a lot of connections that he could plug me in with. He could get me interviews, those sort of things, and that I should go ahead and email him my resume and information. So I went ahead and emailed that to him, and, and I, he, I knew after the class he was going on a vacation, so I let about a month, month and change go by, and I contacted him again and just said, hey, listen, you know, I'd love to get together and, you know, chat a little bit more and talk, you know, be friendly, but also, you know, pointedly looking for his connection. And I've kind of not gotten any real feedback from him in general since. So I want to know what's the best way to manage the situation, because what I don't want to do is pester the gentleman. But on the other hand, his connections are incredibly valuable to me. And uh, just kind of what your thoughts are and what's the best way to, to navigate this. Yeah. So just to clarify, so he offered, he extended the invitation, asked you for a resume and then went radio silent. He was very bold in his assertion that he thought that I would be good at this. He would be willing to do these things for me, and uh, he, he would plug me in with these connections. It was not subtle or indirect in any way. Hmm. I mean, my first thought is that, you know, he was on vacation, which you said is that, you know, there, there's there's something going on with him that is kind of pulling him away from his email. I mean, that's my first thought, not to... To, to go down a, a negative path, but it, it, I'd be kind of concerned because if he was so bold, then why is he not getting back to you? But I also um, am wondering, will you see him in a few weeks when the semester starts again? I mean, will he be teaching classes? Probably not. I know that he, and, and that's, uh, you bring up a good point. He, I know he's uh, currently acting as a consultant on a startup project. I know he's also considering moving out of state, so it's sort of where I want to see kind of how quickly should I pursue this or how direct should I be? Should I call him, texting him, sort of what's the appropriate? Yeah, go ahead and jump in, Terry. Aaron, I'm going to jump in here. Question, did he have specific scenarios in mind? Um, Like I know of three companies who may be of interest, or was this a broad general, I can help you? It was specific enough uh, that he said, I can get you interviews. And I said, well, I do still have a year left in the program. He said, it's not a problem. I'll get you meet and greets with, I I know all, it it was one particular company that he had worked for for a very long time. Okay, that's good. Let me tell you what I think your approach should be. I really believe in general, people are good and people like to help each other. The problem is people don't have time. And so now the onus of helping you has been put on his shoulders. And so I would regroup and go back to him where you've done all the heavy lifting and you've set up the scenario for him to help you. What do I mean by that? If he mentioned a specific company, 
go on the company site, look the company up on LinkedIn, look for a specific job or maybe it's a summer MBA position that's interesting to you or an internship. Then email him again, fresh emails, instead of saying, I want to take you up on your offer to help me, say, I'd love to take you up on your offer to help me with a position at XYZ company. I have found the following posted position, put the link in the email that I'm interested in, and would love an introduction to a hiring manager. Here's a quick blurb of my background. I'm attaching my resume. So all he needs to do is take that email and forward it. He doesn't have to write it. He has, doesn't have to find out if the company's hiring. You've done the heavy lifting. You see how that feels very different? Sure, sure. And and, and that was uh, actually what I've been doing, and I haven't seen – my biggest concern is that he is considering moving out of state, and if he goes, I also know that the connection probably goes with him. So I was hoping to at least get the meet and greets that he had discussed even if there isn't a position available, at least I make that connection prior so, to his exit. Yeah, and I, I, I like Terry's advice um, because, it again, we talk about do the work for them. The more work you do for your network, the easier it is for them to help you. So help them help you, a little Jerry Maguire there. Um, here's something else you might do. If you're connected on LinkedIn and you can see um, – your professor's contacts. I mean, you might you might either ask for an introduction or if you're, again, getting radio silence, you might reach out to one of those contacts and say, you know, I'm a former student of Professor so-and-so. Uh, you know, he had mentioned your name in conversation, so I wanted to reach out. So if you've contacted him twice and you're not getting anything back and you've already done what Terry has suggested about saying, hey, here's kind of what I'm pursuing and what I want to do, then there's, you know, if you can see his contacts on LinkedIn, that's the spirit of LinkedIn to say, hey, we're both connected to this person. Your name came up. I wanted to reach out because then you still get the clout of his name and it will encourage somebody who maybe doesn't know you personally but knows him to open that email because that name's in the subject. Hey, student of professor so-and-so. Is that something you've tried? No, but I think that's a great idea, and I, I think that that's uh, probably uh, the direction that I'm going to pursue with it. I hadn't thought about it in that way, but that uh, takes the effort off of him but still can use his name. So. Yeah, and I would say um you know you might and you, you might email him afterwards and let him know and say you know I, I know you're really busy um so I, I did reach out to to these three people and you know one of them got back to me I'm very excited and thank you again for bringing this name up I'm excited to pursue it. So you know kind of in the spirit of he still helped you because you're you're using his name but just to let him know and then you know if he decides to respond and say okay that's great or he doesn't you still still get the benefit of moving forward and, um, you know, kind of moving on to the next step and not having to wait, which is, I think, where you're, you're kind of feeling stuck right now is that you have to wait for this guy. But I don't think you do. I think you get to use um, his name to reach out, especially since he's the one who brought the names up. Yeah, that's an outstanding idea. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys' opinions today. And uh, it definitely is going to help. That's for sure. Fingers crossed for Good you. Good Aaron. Good luck, Aaron. Thank you for giving us a call on Career Talk. Hey, Sirius XM 132. We're all getting used to saying that. We've moved to 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Terry Ween, who is our special guest today. And it is Open Call Thursday. We're taking your calls at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Randy in Connecticut, welcome to the show. What's on Hi, your mind today? Hello. Um, 
I've, you know, I've gotten into your book and uh, I've actually reached out to Terry just in the past 48 hours as I try to get very near um, honing in a role that really is appropriate for me now being five years out of business school um, and changing roles. You know, the advice I'm looking for today, if possible, is I worked my network, worked with this individual at a prior at an investment bank. Um, he moved in the past, you know, he just arrived in the past 90 days at a place. He sees a direct need for me to come in. Um, I've actually helped him in the past couple weeks with presentations and sort of proved myself. And very much like the last call and steps and how to go forward, wrote out a job. And then actually we sort of rehashed it in the past 72 hour, you know, five days or so and said, this is the job and this is what it looks like and sort of give them that background. Um, but the firm has a smaller, very strong culture, so a different change. Um, but the question is the tone sort of went from we can make this all work and happen, you know, predominantly very quickly to now we're into a um, we're going to have to go through a process, and which I'm fine with. But how do you sort of untwine what became what I think was the job could have been mine, and we know it can make it happen to now the field's wide open to potentially a lot of other candidates, and, you know, it's up in the air. And the other deciding factor is I'm waiting for another offer to come in at the same time. So August, it's, um, it's sort of decision time on my side. So how would you approach sort of a very much like the last individual, not bothering but also being forceful enough to say, I want this role, I know I can do it, but we do need to try to make this happen, say, within the next – Yep. Days. Yep. Okay. So this happens all the time. I'm so glad you brought this up, Randy. It sucks. So here's what happens is we get all excited <laughs> about hiring somebody and you're perfect and you're great and we're going to fill this role and we're going to take it off the plate. But what we do is this idea of loss aversion kicks in last minute and it's like, ooh, are we sure we're making the right decision? Right before we're about to pull the trigger, it becomes like, oh, we, we, we should probably make sure. We should really make sure. So we should probably go through this process and have Randy interview with this person and that person. And, you know, maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea to bring another candidate in or two. So it happens a lot. And people in the job search, if you're in a job search right now and it's going along swimmingly only to kind of slow down at the end, that's what's happening. Um, and it happens a lot. And it's frustrating. But you've got great news because you've got another offer. But let me ask you a couple of questions about that. Is that an offer you would seriously take, the other one? I would. And there was um, – this became the theme of my search in the past 60, 90 days is met with a mid-cap company, public, executive, up to the CEO level for a specific strategy role, but then came back and they said, we took someone else, but we really like you to do something else, which is – project management, which is fine, and it, 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 it's basically fine. It's not great. Um, okay. I just, was never enthused about it. So. I don't want them to call your bluff and then you say, oh, well, actually, I'm not going to take that job. But if you have another okay. offer in the wings, I think that's legit. I think it's legit to say – Hey, company number one, I'm I'm extremely excited about this role. Here are the three ways I'm going to hit the ground running and make you profitable or grow or whatever their their goals are. Um, and I'm I'm really excited. I understand you have to go through a couple of steps. Um, here's the thing: I have this other offer, and I need to make a decision by the end of August. So hopefully, we can we can push forward through this. So you're not. I mean, it's just honest conversation. It's honest conversation, and either they're going to speed up the process and bring you on, or they're going to, you know, keep twiddling their fingers and they're going to lose you. So I think I think you do have to bring that into the conversation, not as a threat, but as a legitimate issue. As you know, we're moving forward. We had some dates on the calendar, and things got pushed back. And here's here's where I am, and I think that's totally legit, Terry. 
Yeah, and Randy, I'm, I'm glad you asked this question too. I think this this goes to the importance of having a lot of irons in the fire during job search and not getting married to one specific job as much as you want it. And there could be many reasons why this didn't pan out or hasn't panned out yet. It could be some other candidate came into the the process that, that sounds enticing. Maybe their business encountered some kind of problem, maybe bad um, earnings, maybe something happened that's putting their hiring on, on slowing it down a little bit. Maybe something happened while you were interviewing, even though your contact endorsed you, maybe one piece of the interview wasn't something they saw something they didn't like and i'm not at all suggesting you did anything wrong i'm just want you to be open-minded that until it's done it's never done and so that's why it's really important to have a lot of things in the fire um and this way you wouldn't be disappointed if one specific job or opportunity um, didn't work out yep well said i say keep going until your butt is in the chair because you never <laughs> know if an internal candidate comes forward, if the, you know they, they have a poor earnings, whatever that situation is. But Randy, I think I think you keep going. I think you keep looking. You keep exploring. You let them know, hey, you guys are my number one. I'm excited about this. Here's how I'm going to hit the ground running and help you. But you know, you do have a timeline because other people want you, and I think they need to know that other people want you. I mean, it's nice to be wanted, and I think that will inspire them to make a decision one way or the other. So. Randy, we're rooting for you. Fingers and toes crossed. Thank you so much for giving us a call today on Career Talk Series XM 132. And now we're going to go to our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz? There is a quiz. This isn't it, but I just found this fun fact and I thought people might want to know that the smell of fresh grass when you cut it, comes from the chemicals released when the plants are in distress. So when you're cutting your grass and you love that smell, it's because the plants are in distress. That makes me so sad. That's laughing. depressing. I know. I just thought that was the saddest thing I read. I had to share it with you. But that's not the quiz. Um, Leonardo da Vinci, Napoleon, Albert Einstein, JFK, John D. Rockefeller, and Winston Churchill all had this daily habit in common. All had this daily habit in common. Leonardo, Napoleon, Albert Einstein, JFK, Rockefeller, and Winston Churchill, if you think you know. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM 132. You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brand. Welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider. We are in business radio and we are powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. And if it's Thursday noon Eastern, we are live taking your calls all hour long. It's open call Thursday. And we're here with Terry Ween, who is the co-founder and partner at Weil and Ween. And Terry, where can people reach you if they'd like more information? Sure. I can be reached at info at whileandween.com um, or feel free to check out our website, whileandween.com, for more information about our career advisory services. And follow us at Job Tracks on Instagram and Twitter. 
Fantastic. So it is open calls, and we're getting lots of great calls on a lot of different topics. Um, a lot of career switchers, which is great. We love career switchers. Hey, if you're not following me on Instagram, guess what? I'm on it now. Uh, at Dr. Don Graham on Instagram, on Twitter. Um, both work. But anyway, we... You've got mail. Have got mail. <laughs> oh, gosh. I wish people could know what happened. Like... We didn't have a, si- a signal for the mail queue. And so Don is. I don't is know l- what that was. Clearly <laughs> <laughs> ra- waving her hands around in circles. It's amazing. The thing is, that may not have been the signal. No, we could have be- just been doing that. Yeah. <laughs> she has like orangutan arms when she's talking on a regular basis. <laughs> I think I'm glad I got it right. <laughs> I think I'm getting beat up here. <laughs> Sorry, Don. That's amazing. I also videoed you dancing coming oh, in from no. the break. Just so we're clear. Well, I guess we'll put that on Instagram once I figure out how to do it. Oh, yeah. I've been, getting, it I've been getting comments on Instagram. I had no idea you could get comments. So Apparently, like, that's the popular space these days. <laughs> well, well, I just found like, I got this week's worth of comments. I found this last night, and I was so like, oh, my God. I need to respond to you, which is awesome. You gotta turn on the, the, the notifications on your phone so, yeah, you, so you know no when they're coming idea. in. Like this, I'm new at this, but... Follow me, help me. I love it. <laughs> you're gonna make. You're gonna be like the reason I get on Instagram. Like I, I like it. I'm just learning it still. That's all. I love it. All right. Do you want your mailbag? Yes. Question? Mailbag. Mailbag question. <laughs> okay. Doug in Boston says, Doctor Don Graham. Actually, he says Doctor Graham. Love career talk. Thanks, Doug. Amazing show. Um, I've been trying to call in and ask a question. I'm looking to obtain um, a second master's degree, an MS in innovation. Um, I would be doing the degree purely for personal development and utilizing my GI Bill, so no debt needed for the degree. Um, potential employers look upon this second master's degree negatively, or in a broader sense, when is the tipping point for too many certifications, degrees, training, etc.? Um, then can be that can be perceived negatively. Thanks. Ooh. Um, good question, Doug. Thank you for your service, and you know, awesome that that this would not be. Something you have to go into debt for. And, of course, an MS in innovation sounds like a great degree. I, I definitely have some thoughts on this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to toss it to you, Terry, to kick off. <laughs> well, it's funny, Don. I really like the part of your book about, you know, really thinking about whether or not you should, you should go for the next degree. One thing that I didn't really get from Doug's email was what degrees does he already have and mm-hmm. what field is he in? Yes. And why is he interested in pursuing this degree? I don't think people look at it as a negative if it's something you're interested in and you just want to add skill sets or learn more. Learning is always a good thing. But if you look like a serial academic who who doesn't want to use that for any way in the business world, then it may look like putting off the inevitable, which is time to go look for a job. So I think we need a little bit more information to be able to help Doug. Yep, I totally agree. I, I feel like when you're when I'm looking at particularly career switchers, um, but really anybody who's targeting an audience on their resume or LinkedIn, if somebody has a you know an MBA, a law degree, and you know an MBA or an MS in engineering, and all of these different degrees, I think it does make you appear like you're not sure what you want to do versus being very targeted. So I'm I love education. I'm like go for it, um, learn all about it. But the question becomes. Is is this going to be part of your career story? Because you don't have to list every degree on your resume. And if it's not going to be an asset in the direction you decide to go next, 
then you take that degree off. Maybe the job after that is going to be an asset for that job. So you put it back on. And I think that's the beauty of today, Terry, why resumes are still around and they still look fairly similar structurally. They've now become your career story. So so it's not a historical account of everything you've done and every date and everything. You get to pick and choose what you want to put into your story. And you absolutely should be tailoring that resume to your audience and picking and choosing those accomplishments and achievements that are going to be of most interest to them. So Definitely. And going back to school does not have to be a full-time gig. You can still have a job, have a career, and at the same time take a course, take an online course, enroll in a class, um, and as you said, decide whether or not to share it. Um, I'm in the career business now, background in finance, and I'm thinking about taking a course in coding, which has nothing to do with what I'm doing. I probably wouldn't mention it to anyone unless I was talking about my technology company. Mm-hmm. So this is the perfect example. You pick and choose your story and when you're going to use it. Yep. Thank you so much for writing in, Doug. We love that. We love our mailbag. And we're going to come up with a signal for that for Dion so that he knows when we're doing the mailbag and it's all good. But we appreciate that. Hey, if you're tuning in just now, you're on Career Talk, Sirius XM 132. If you're new to this channel, welcome. Welcome to 132. If you've been listening to something else on here, guess what? You hit the jackpot because you're on business radio powered by the Wharton School. And we're taking your calls all hour at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. It's open call Thursday. Any questions you have on job search, careers, promotions, how to talk to your boss, we want to hear from you all hour long. But we're going to answer our pre-break quiz. So here you go. Leonardo da Vinci, Napoleon, Albert Einstein, JFK, Rockefeller, and Winston Churchill all had this daily habit in common. Dion. Oh, daily habit. That changes my answer. Yeah, I missed that too. Dion. Oh, um, I'm going to say they all ate breakfast before 11 a.m. Jeez, let's hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think if they ate it after, I mean, I think even McDonald's switches to lunch, lunch. at 11. I mean, well, look, so, I was going with just habits, so I was going to say biting their fingernails, so I just came ooh. up with that. <laughs> I, I, well, I wanted to hear more about the biting your fingernails. Well, I, I don't know. Now you're asking follow-up that questions. That would have been a much better answer. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I like that answer. Although, with his first one, he technically can't be wrong. No, he can't this be wrong. <laughs> Assuming, yeah, assuming they all ate breakfast. They ate breakfast. I don't know if they did. Before 11 a.m. I'm not a big breakfast person. Um, That's not right, but I I like the biting their nails. Yeah, I I figure, you know, these are are all smart, you know, Mm -hmm. intelligent people, and you've got to do something while you're thinking. Mm -hmm. So maybe you're just biting your nails while you're, you know, thinking of a a master plan. A master plan. (laughs) They had a lot on their minds, those people. <laughs> they did. Coming up with my master plan. I'm Look, biting I'm my nails. I'm sorry. That, that, that's what I got. <laughs> eating my breakfast. And it's almost 11. Biting my nails and eating my, at the same time? Yeah. Maybe their that's... nails are their breakfast. Oh, gross. Yeah, there you go. Gross. Germs. Ew. <laughs> Michelle. All right. I don't... Nails in your grits. <laughs> Ew. Um, I don't know if I have an answer. I'm going to just say they, I'm thinking they were all big leaders and they were given big motivational talks. So I'm going to say they did vocal warm-ups. Ooh, like what? <laughs> a vocal warm-up. I'll show you after she the wants show. You to do a vocal warm-up. <laughs> well, I'm not doing it. You, you, you're, you're a singer, though. You're a great singer. Well, you can do the Al Now Brown Cow. Uh-oh. Red leather, yellow leather. 
<laughs> you are having too much fun in there. <laughs> that's, that's my guess. No. Maybe. Surprise. But, <laughs> but no. No, they are. Um, no. Uh, Terry. This isn't like a chromosome okay, thing again, I is it? I no. going to guess they called their mom every day, but there weren't even telephones back then, so I know I'm wrong. <laughs> um, that would have been great if they did, though. Yep. That's, and, and You know, I'm, I'm surprised, Dion, that you didn't think anything about the fresh cr- grass and if it had anything to do with the answer. They cut their grass every day? No. <laughs> <laughs> How is that related? I, mean, I don't know. Usually you think I'm up to something. I'm not. Well, I'm, you usually are. I know. But, yeah, this one, I got nothing. All right. Well, <laughs> taking midday naps. That was very anticlimactic. That was very anticlimactic. We're going to go to, to Sagar. Welcome yeah, to Career Talk. Um, What's on your mind? Thank you. Um, so I work in the video game industry as an artist, a technical artist. Um, it's kind of like the in-between between design engineering and art. And um, I was wondering if you had any advice on how to um, – or how, how someone can apply what they learn in a very specialized industry to other industries, um, mostly because I'm looking to kind of branch out just from the video game industry, which I know isn't something that you commonly talk about on, on this uh, – on this uh, show. So here's the thing. Um, you're talking about you have a very specialized set of skills and you're looking to branch out. Do you have an idea about where you want to go? Yeah. Um, either tech related with other um, applications to virtual reality and AR, which is where a lot of my recent history has been. Um, but then also maybe how to apply that. Um, I, I, Outside of that, I actually don't have a good answer. So I think, um, um, so I think one, you need to kind of look at the market and where you want to go, and is there a good market for it, and where, um, you know, are you are you thinking about moving geography? I mean, all of those things make a difference. How much money do you need to make? Mm-hmm. What kind of culture do you fit in? I think having that clear target of where you're going is going to be step one, and then you can look at your skills. I would imagine that when you really break down what you do in the video game industry, you're getting paid to do something that makes the company either more profitable, makes it grow, makes it reduce risk, whatever those things are, and that you could take those skills and do that for another company. We're we're talking earlier about not defining yourself by the industry or the profession or the field and really looking at the value you add. And then if you start to look at the value you add, then you can apply that to other places. So if you had to say, what is the biggest value I add in my job now? What would it be, Sagar? Uh, Well, there are two things. and Those are easy to answer. The first thing is um, providing a more efficient and kind of out-of-the-box methods of approaching how we develop um, anything that we create in my current company and future uh, past companies, um, so creating tools or uh, processes for the our team and engineering teams to work closer together um, and more efficiently. Uh, the second thing would be to basically uh, be the translator between different departments, too, and uh, ensure that communication is always um, clear and succinct. So, so Sagar, I'm going to jump in for a minute. It sounds like you're very good at project management. That's, you know, a very sought-out field in many different industries. And we could describe the video game industry as the video game industry or as technology. So taking what Dawn said about let's talk about that value added in function and bringing it to other worlds, 
sounds like you could be a candidate for project management role at a technology company. Oh, interesting. Yeah, shifting the paradigm a little bit. I also like something you said about being cross-functional and being the translator. That is so important. There's a lot of people who can kind of speak business but cannot speak technology, and there's a lot of people who can speak technology but can't translate to business. And if you are the Mm -hmm. hub, you are a person who can do that and kind of cross-functionally help everybody get on the same page, even though they're doing different functions and have different goals, that is so valuable in just about every organization because tech has become, you know, we have fintech, health tech, tech has become a part of everything that we do. And companies want individuals who know how to speak tech and also know how to bridge that gap. And if I heard you correctly, that's something that you're, you're skilled at and you add value in. Yeah, and then on top of that, it's something I that gets me up in the morning too. Uh, you know, helping people get that com- those communication issues and understandings out of their way, so they can all do their jobs to make the product they they want to see succeed. And do you work with clients at all, either internal or external, Sagar? Uh, yeah, um, external clients. Uh, so there's a little bit of a relationship management there on the art side of things with um, either art houses or um, um, uh, actually. Uh, uh, clients that we have where our focus is providing them art content and then uh on the tech side um it's mostly just uh more uh, what you uh just pre- previously uh commented on which is project management um just kind of uh, greasing the skids so relationship management is another huge one again there's a lot of people who like doing tech and are behind the scenes but maybe don't have either the interest or um you know desire to kind of go out in front of clients and so people who can kind of get in front of clients i mean that's again who can speak tech having you in the room having you on the team to be able to do that i would think is is very valuable terry anything else you want to add No, I just want to reinforce with a big theme that we've been talking about this whole call is it's about rebranding yourself. It's really thinking of your skill set in a different way and what other industry and fields could value that. And within one minute, Dawn just rebranded you. And so now you have to think about wearing that hat and introducing yourself that way and working that language into your resume and your LinkedIn profile and your elevator pitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would, I would, if, you know, video game industry is the specialized part, I would just, I'm not saying that's not part of who you are, but that's not what you lead off with. I mean, you lead off with, um, you know, the value that I bring to a company is, is being able to manage projects. And specifically, I'm the translator who is able to bring the, the, tech side and the business side together and um, translate that to the client to make sure that we meet their needs. And I do that Mm -hmm. currently in a video game industry. And now I'm looking to take it to your industry, insert industry here. Um, And that's, that's kind of because when you start with that, all of a sudden I'm looking at you as this valuable person who can do cross-functional, who can translate, who can work with clients. And I'm seeing where you can fit in my company. And the video game stuff doesn't even really impact me at this point. That's where you're doing it now, but that doesn't mean you can't do it in a lot of different places. So you just have to pick where you want to go. Excited for you, Sagar. Thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk and letting us help you rebrand. Keep us posted. We have our fingers crossed for you. And Terry, it has been a pleasure to have you back on the show. We always love having you here. Um, One last time, where can people reach you? 
Best way to reach me is info at com, or go right to our website, wileandween.com. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Of course, Michelle. Thanks and- for having me, Dawn. Oh, Terry, we always love having you come anytime. Um, your information is so valuable. Michelle, Dion, you make this fun. Um, and of course, to all of our callers and listeners, we are here for you every week and we love partnering with you to help you land the job that you want. If you're not yet following me on Twitter and Instagram, at Dr. Don Graham. And you've been listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 132. We'll see you next time.